Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. You can connect with us online at faithpeshtigo.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Faith Church Peshtigo. Today's podcast features a conversation between Pastor Jay and Pastor Robbie talking about the sermon from January 31st, 2021. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Faith Church podcast. I, uh, oh, I'm going to try that again. Off to a great start. Off to a great start. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Faith Church podcast. That was too strong. A little strong. Okay, let's 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 hit for the middle. Aim for the middle right. here. Hey everybody. That's that was two. way lower. That was not the middle. That was me. Three, two, one. Hey everybody. Welcome to the Faith Church Podcast. I'm your host, Jay. Joining me is Robbie. Hello everybody. Thank you for listening. Yep. Wow, we're really really nailing it here this morning, early on really got this down i still struggle with this whole host thing i don't like saying i'm the host you you've done it literally 50 times how do you what do you mean you don't like it i'm gonna go back and count because you are such a stickler about the word literally <laughs> i'm gonna count it, and if started, it is not have you not started if it is every not every podcast 50, with that robert if it is not 50 <laughs> you and i are going to have words about what words mean i don't words feel about like, words so we're gonna have i don't feel like that's good use of your time okay I literally Agreed, believe disagree. that most of the time you say that. Okay. That's probably true. I'm just saying it, it doesn't mean I like it. Hey, we are we are right around an anniversary. I can't remember exactly the date, but we are around a very special anniversary. Do you know what that is, Robbie? I don't know what that is. Are you yeah. sure? Your in voice infliction would I don't No, I honestly I have no I idea. It's it's an, no. it's anxiety is what it is because oh, I can't you don't... tell if you're setting me up for something here. Right. This is my favorite part of the podcast. We we kind of talk about topics that we'll be talking about. Uh, we don't like script anything out. We just say, "Oh, let's let's talk about this question or this would be a good one." Um but then the these first parts, I never tell you what I'm going to talk about. Nothing. And so you're just I just it's part of your fun. It is part it's part of the fun for me. Yes. So this is an anniversary. It is the fifth anniversary of something. Does that help you? Nope. Seriously? Okay, well, five years ago, right around these days, I'm not sure which day it was, but right around here, your family flew up to northeast Wisconsin uh. to visit the Peshtigo area for the first time. That is a fact. And it was a high of zero. Correct. A high of zero. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the high was zero. It was, it was super cold. Those of you who are from this area know that there it was super – we had that super cold stretch. And that was your first experience. And what people may not know is your wife, the coldest place she has ever lived is Dallas, Texas. Is that accurate? No, that's not entirely true. It got it – got, Nevada? It got chilly in Nevada, in okay. northern Nevada. Okay. So Nevada is the – the- in the Coldest Nevada place. desert, it would occasionally get crisp. Okay. So, it'll... so so the coldest place your wife had ever lived was Nevada. Your daughter had never seen real snow. Is that correct? Like real snow? Not real snow. We got Texas snow once, which was which was a delight, but she had never seen real Midwest snow before. Yeah. So you guys came up and visited and we took you all we showed you all the sites. You did. Like cows. You got to see cows. Uh-huh. And snow. And snow. And we went snowmobiling. That was super fun. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun because we, uh, I gave you a list of winter activities. I asked Lauren to give you a list of winter activities that 
you would be interested in and she put snowmobiling on there and you wrote back of like oh snowmobiling would be awesome and i said to laura and i said we don't have snowmobiles how are we gonna <laughs> how are we going to fulfill that request and yet you totally delivered well and the problem i yeah. mean i felt a little misled because i felt like you you implied this is something that we could do every day all the time all year round which i feel like was a bit of an oversell yes well that is true i because I, I have not been on a snowmobile since that day five nor years I, ago nor i yeah those were families in the church though that really stepped up and just rolled out the red carpet which was amazing um that is that is a fact that was a delightful day and a strong selling point and it's where you learned you and i both learned that a short snowmobile ride consisted of about a hundred mile round trip. Yes. We were not prepared for that. No. They thought they said, Oh, you would just want to do you just want to run down to Green Bay? We can run down to Green Bay and back. And you're like, <laughs> wait, what? Also, you know what else I remember about that? Um which time was it when you came up and I picked you up from the airport and I took the wrong way around Green Bay? Yes, it was that time. It was that time? Mm-hmm. And I said, Oh no, I missed the exit. We're just going to have to go around the city, which you thought, coming from Dallas, you're talking like a two-hour detour. That would be a two... Yes, that would be easily <laughs> a two-hour... If you had to go all the way around the city, that yeah. would that would be easily a two-hour detour. And so I'm thinking, oh, what have you done to us? Right. And by the time that thought formulated in my mind, you're like, all right, back on track. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, What? That was so great because yeah, we're coming back over the river on the other on the north side, and you you're like, I, I said, yep, okay, now we're back on track, because you didn't realize that what I was implying was that it was quicker to just go all the way around than to get off at an exit and turn back and then come backtrack. Right, which I'm thinking so, that can't possibly yeah. be the case because of geography, uh, and yet. You proved me wrong. And now here you are. You here are I a am. northeastern northeast Wisconsinite. Here I am. Well, some might disagree, but I feel like I I'm, don't. I'm becoming that. I feel like you are. We've you've you've learned to enjoy you you know how to do tick checks. I do. I do. You now you can identify cows. Uh that I can't. I can I you can can't identify, identify which that it's ones a cow? are delicious. Oh, I can identify. I thought you were saying like different like you were playing different kinds. Oh. I can. I feel like I was able to identify a cow generally in texas um oh fair that's a fair point i, I couldn't tell like, you what kind of cow it is though i think i'm getting better at identifying fish like i now notice that fish are different species or different kinds of fish uh, as opposed to mammals no no i mean like before i remember people identifying fish and me thinking like oh that's a lake trout and me thinking i have well, how would you even know i i could tell when something was a marlin you know, or a great white. Or a great white. Everything I wouldn't know, else I wouldn't is know just great white. I'd be like, fish. that's a shark. I could usually tell a hammerhead shark, you know. Okay. But yeah, everything else was just fish, like trout or bass or whatever. I'd just be like, ah, oh, it's a fish. But now I have at least an awareness that those are different things. Ah, look at that. That's That's impressive. So there you go. Happy anniversary, Robbie. There we go. Thank you very much. So so happy that you joined us Good long term i think i speak on behalf of 20 percent of us that we are glad that you have stayed 
Well, to all 20% of you, <laughs> thank you, and it's been a delight. And good night. <laughs> um, we should talk about the sermon. So you okay. preached this past weekend. I did. Which was delightful. I always love when people, it still reminds me of when uh, someone asked me one time, are you preaching this weekend? And I said, oh, no, I'm not. And they said, oh, I said, Robbie is. They go, oh, Um, because that was better. And I really do love that. I love that you just, that people respond so well. I feel like you always, um, you're like the the off-speed pitch to my constant high heat. (laughs) You come in there, and then Jeff is there like the changeup. He just yeah, there is, you go. You know, but like you're that. like the curveball. You're like, you you just you don't you don't tend to get as animated or riled up as I do. Um, but then I think that helps people actually pay attention. That would be that would be very interesting and confusing to people at in my previous church contexts to find out that I am the you're the less <laughs> animated one. Yeah, because to be fair, you are not unanimated. What's the word I'm looking for? No, I do feel like in my old age, I am mellowing You're out mellowing a little, a little bit. bit. Early on, I was I was likened to Kramer in my presentation of sermons. Your long, spindly limbs, definitely. Like, when you do get going, it is, it's quite the sight. That is true. It's yeah. visually quite the sight but i think you're just i think you also are balancing me i think after a while you're just you're just thinking you're kind of a you're a balancer you like to bring the balance if you're in a room where everybody else is talking a lot you tend to not talk as much fact if you're in a room where nobody's talking then you then you talk and if you feel like everybody else around you is being very animated and frantic then you're gonna tend to be a little more calm i've just noticed that about you you like to bring balance i do so so anyway, that's so, not what the sermon was about. No. The sermon was about the Holy Spirit. So that actually sparks uh it's we're in the um Jesus and and John speaking in John 15 through 17 and he talks about the Holy Spirit. And so that actually brings up and one of the first questions that I would have that I as I was thinking about is how do you how did you zero in on what you talked about, because you end up talking about righteousness. If you haven't heard the, the sermon, you can go back and listen to it. Maybe it would make sense to listen to the sermon and then come back and listen to the podcast. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it'll be helpful either way. But the Holy Spirit is a large topic. He is. Yes. That, that would be like, okay, I mean, you're literally saying, oh, you're going to preach a sermon on Jesus, which that's a whole other issue. Why is it that you would never say like, oh, we haven't preached about Jesus for a long time. We should do a sermon on Jesus. Or we haven't preached about God the Father for a long time. We should do a sermon on that. Why Why in the world is that the way it is a lot of times with the Holy Spirit? Do Do we want to open up Pandora's box? Do we want to go down this I mean, direction? you could say, you, if you want to put a little sticky note there. Okay, sticky sticky note is, I mean, I, I would argue that I think churches have a tendency to pick their favorite member of the Trinity. Uh, and kind of lean heavily into that, and so some churches like are really into God the Father, and uh, and will you know oftentimes lean a little more Old Testament uh, in that in that approach. Uh, some churches are are very Christocentric, very Jesus centered, and others uh, get really excited, mostly just about the Holy Spirit. Um, and so, like whatever your bent is, you're there. You often have a tendency to kind of 
neglect other aspects of the Trinity, which I would argue is detrimental. Um, I would even argue is a form of that is probably the source of most of the heresies throughout church history right. is a focus on a hyper focus on one aspect or one truth at the expense of others. So that's something that we generally want to avoid. Um, but I mean, I don't think I'm going out on a huge limb here to say if, uh, you know, if Baptists uh, tend to view, if we're looking at the Trinity, you know, we uh, we get the Father, the Son, we totally understand. The Holy Spirit is kind of like the weird uncle of the Trinity that like, you know, oh, we're a little nervous when he shows up because you never know what he's going to do. And people who like his jokes, you know, are a little awkward. Like, so we tend to assume mm. the Holy Spirit rather than uh, rather than speak about him and and to him, quite frankly, with the same frequency that we would uh, other persons of the Trinity, which which gets really weird and really awkward and really difficult to explain and defend the more you think about it. For sure. I, I do think, I mean, it's such a great example of how the, because the, even as you're saying that, I could hear somebody saying like, so wait a second, you're saying you could be too Christocentric in your preaching? And that would be, you'd be hard pressed to say that, um, but but it's such a good example of how something can be a really beautiful thing, but twisted, it becomes a problem. And right, you know, so we could really stress the humanity of Christ. You can't overstress, and in, in one sense, you can't overstress the humanity of Christ because he's fully human. So you can't you can't say he's more human than he actually is. Um, but at the same time, if you are doing that and not preaching the divinity of Christ. Well, now you're into heresy land. And so if you are only preaching, which was a movement, I don't know if you remember back in the 90s, they would talk about like, well, we're, we're New Testament Christians. And so much of it was so Jesus-centric. And it, you know, like we're only going to pay, we're just going to pay attention to the words that Jesus spoke and what he did. And so not only was it, it became New Testament Christians, meaning like we don't really, we don't really pay attention to the Old Testament. And so... God the Father became this kind of distant figure. And like I only I only can understand him or his character, his nature through Jesus, um, which on one hand, there is truth in right, that. There is a truth in that. Right. It's just incomplete. It's not the it's whole incomplete. truth. Correct. It also neglects the fact that the entire Old Testament is also about Jesus. So right. we miss quite a bit of an understanding of who he is and what he's about and why he is so extraordinary if we ignore the the bulk of the Bible. Like, we are then rejecting most of the Bible yeah. at that point, which we should not be okay with. So all that, that was a big sticky note. That was like three sticky notes. I warned you. I know, I but okay, so, but we're not going Pandora's box here. So with that in mind, knowing that here's an opportunity to speak directly about the Holy Spirit, how do you zero in on okay what are we, what are we actually going to talk about here because you could have you could have used that passage and you could have talked about all kinds of things but you spoke a lot about the work of the holy spirit the the righteousness that that we have um so how did you get to that place I've, that's a good question um because you're right there are a lot of different ways that we could go with that and not just a lot of 
truths in scripture that we need to unpack, but I would argue a lot of things that we as a specific church family need to work on and, and expand our understanding of and our practice of. Um, but to answer your direct question, how did I then land on this is I followed Jesus lead on it. I, I chose to limit myself to only talk about what Jesus talked about. So rather than than using this passage as a springboard to talk about what I really wanted to talk about, um, we're we're not talking about, you know, this isn't a series on the Holy Spirit. This is a series on John fifteen through seventeen, and so we're I I appreciated kind of the fences that Jesus put up around me in that in saying, like, well, Jesus says first of all, it is better that. Uh, that I go so that you can have the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus unpacks, these are the things that he's going to do. And it's not an extensive list, certainly. Um, but but I, I, I chose to stick with the text that we were actually studying and just address the things that Jesus addressed. And I even said at the end of the sermon, I don't remember if I did this in both services or not, but at, that, in one of the, at least one of the services I ended by saying, like, we haven't even gotten into all of those other aspects of the spirit, um, but Jesus doesn't, and so we're not going to yet either. Like he doesn't unpack that yet, and so I, I really just tried to use uh, the text itself and what Jesus says as the guidelines to to keep me restricted. So, now does that are you are you saying that it is wrong to not do that? Like, would it have been wrong for you to then preach about? say, the power of the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Would it be wrong? No, I don't think it'd be wrong. I, I do feel like we would have missed out on something, though. If I, if, I mean, in reading, here's what Jesus unpacks about the Spirit of God, and I just kind of blow through that and then use that as, a, as my, like I said before, my springboard to talk about something else. I mean, hopefully the other thing I would talk about would also be biblical. Um, right. right. <laughs> Hopefully I'm not using it as a springboard to talk about something else, uh, unbiblical, but uh, I, I feel like it wouldn't be wrong. I just feel like, man, then we, we would really miss out on what Jesus is so important to Jesus that he is taking the time to not only communicate it to his disciples in this moment, but the Holy Spirit sees it as important enough to make sure that through John's pen, this gets recorded for all of human history. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's wrong. I just think we would have missed out on an opportunity to be blessed by what Jesus had to say to us. So, so in that, let's, uh, one of the questions that came up was, and you posed it during the sermon and it's, 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 an obvious question that comes up that I have, I've preached on and a lot of people have preached on and probably heard a lot of sermons, but Jesus makes that statement of it is better for you if I go. Yeah. And every time I read that, every time I hear it, no matter how well it's preached, I still think that's a challenge for most of us to really wrap our heads around. Certainly. And why do you think, are there other things? I mean, I know you you talked about that some in the sermon, but are there other are there other ways or reasons why um, why we think? Well, actually, I guess I could just. I mean, we talked about this a little bit. And, yeah, I mean, I thought well, I, when when you presented me with a question, yeah, I, th- I thought your your distinction um, 
between what the purpose of Christianity is. I thought that was really helpful. So I would you right, mind well, sharing that. Yeah. Why not? That's what this platform is for, right? I thought, you know, I think about the uh, what it would be like if we kind of interacted like this during the sermons. I have to check myself. There are mm. times where you'll say things, and I'm like, ooh, I want to ask a follow-up. Wait, no, not in this platform. It's for the podcast. <laughs> It'd be funny during the sermon to do that. Um, so I had thought, when you, when you said that, it would, that it's better, like when you quote Jesus, um, that it was better if he goes, that it's better for us to have the Spirit, and I thought you did a great job with that. My mind went to... I think one of the reasons why we struggle with that is it shows, it demonstrates a lack of understanding of what Christianity is really about. Hmm. Meaning we are so, especially in our culture, we're so fixated on the idea being, it is about what I know and what I do. And if it's just about what I know, like I'm supposed to know all the right things and then I'm supposed to just do them, then I would argue that a physical Jesus is better. And you made the really good point. You went in a direction that I was not expecting, which was like one of the reasons why Jesus is saying it's better is because he as Jesus in in the flesh is not omnipresent. And so he can't be all the places at once. And so you'd be someone, you know, halfway across the world and you're trying to figure out how to follow him. Like we always assume if Jesus was here, I would be one of the three. Exactly right, because in that in that scenario, I'm not imagining. Man, I really wish Jesus was here so that I could never see him or ever interact with him because he's in a different country all the time. Like, right. It's always I wish he were here, sitting with me across from this you know coffee table, and because obviously that's how it would play out. But but that's not yeah. Not. That's probably not like I don't know. I don't think I'm making that inner three. I don't think I'm making the twelve. I'm probably I'm not making the like <laughs> odds are. I'm nowhere near the crowd, nowhere near anything. So I, so, so, but when I, then my mind immediately went to a radio call-in show and my mind, I I pictured like, okay, if, if Jesus is still, if he's walking the earth, then, then let's get him on a radio show and people can call in and it ends up being like a, you know, this supernatural dear Abby or ask whatever. I don't even know what the columns are, but the, it's just a call-in show where they get to, Colin and people say like, oh, this happened. Well, what do I do? How do I respond to this person? Um, and even then, can you imagine the line for that call-in show? I mean, that would be that would be crazy. But my question e- would never make it in. Right. But even if it did, it's still assuming that the issue that we have, that the that the calling on our lives is that I'm supposed to know what the right thing to do or say is. I need to, I, I need to just accrue more knowledge. Yeah. And then I need to just do it. And that isn't that isn't the calling of Christianity, that we are we are actually taking on the life of Christ. There's a supernatural transformation. And so it, it makes sense that if I if if the goal is actually to to live the life of Christ, to actually it is Christ who lives in me and the life I now live, I live by faith and in, in the one who loved me and gave himself up for me. Like if I, if, if I'm actually bonding and being unified with Christ, that is a, a nature level transformation. Like Absolutely. if I, if I'm going to live the life of Christ, then I have to have the nature of Christ. And the only way to have the nature of Christ is to have the spirit of Christ. And, and so the, the Holy spirit is what he is, who transforms us so that we, it's not about like, okay, I know that I'm supposed to do this. And so then I try to do that, but that we actually become people 
whose nature is to bear that kind of fruit. Yeah. And yeah. and that is not it's not possible from a just knowledge transformation standpoint, which we clearly see in the disciples. Look at the difference in the disciples pre-resurrection and post-resurrection. Right. I th- I think that is probably the st- the most stark picture of when Jesus was living with them day in and day out. They they continued to not understand what was going on, make horrible decisions, not I mean even as he's saying do this and they're like right and then they do the exact opposite thing or they do it in a way that's like embarrassingly misguided. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes upon them and the and and Peter who who was a hot mess for the entire three years of his ministry, all of a sudden becomes this extraordinary preacher that like even all of the, the religious leaders are saying, who are, wait, this guy's a fisherman. Like he has no education. How is he preaching like this? Like the spirit, the spirit. I think, I think that's such an important distinction that you make there, Jay. And, and I, I, I want to be clear. We're not presenting this as if the point is knowing stuff, then it's this. But if the point is, actual unity with Christ and becoming Christ-like, then it's, the distinction is, if it were about knowing stuff, then that would be the case. But since it is about (laughs) unity with Christ and becoming Christ-like, because that's what scripture says the purpose is. Nowhere in scripture, uh, I mean, unless unless we're going to misunderstand uh, that I might know him as meaning understand facts regarding him, um, but then, but then we're, as as I love to say, then we're using words wrong. We're not right. understanding what that means by by knowing Him. Um, like then, then the the true, the essence. Of the, the, it, like we, uh, imagine, imagine tr- trying to have the 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 kind of intimacy, the kind of supernatural intimacy that the Spirit gives us with just another human relationship. Like. Jesus understands, like, in a, in a way that's difficult for us to wrap our brains around, like, you can only have so much intimacy with me. You can only be so close to me. But in the Spirit, we can have a supernatural intimacy with God that transcends any possibility within a human relationship. It is significantly better, a closeness to Jesus that we could never have, even if he truly was like living in our house right. with us. Um, and and part of that, part of that intimacy and unity is actually working to conform us from the inside out into the image of Christ. It's It's just something that no human-to-human relationship can accomplish, and it's something that just disseminating information into our brains will never accomplish either. Yes, I would agree with that. I would also say that even, so then what about knowledge? And I would say that even then knowledge is, the idea of what knowledge is, is is transformed. So for example, That's right. I could learn, I could sit, well, I can't right now, but in theory, I could have learned about the theory of relativity from Einstein. And he could, he could teach me all of those things. I could, I could hear him. I could learn all that. I could, I could do my best to, to mimic that, but it would be completely different to actually be able to think about the theory of relativity with Einstein's brain Hmm. and to be able to see it in that way. Or you think about like a, a musician, like you can hear great music 
And it's one thing to hear that great music and to appreciate that and to try to mimic it and to be taught like, well, this is what I was doing there. This is how you play these scales. This is how these things all relate to each other. It is totally different to then actually be in the place of that and to be able to see and hear things the way that a great musician does. And in that same way, like we can, it's, it's how you can, you can study the Bible and you can understand things about it, but the only way to really see it and to understand it the way that we are called to is to think about it with the mind of Christ. Yeah. And then that changes everything. I, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's had this experience where you've read a passage and it doesn't make any sense. And and then later in your life, you read it again and you think, well, this is so obvious. Like, of course, this is what this means. Like, yeah. of course. Uh, okay. And and that's because the Holy Spirit is is working in you. Like, you're, it's transforming your – he's transforming your mind – to actually see it the way God sees it. Mm. And that's a whole, that's a supernatural level of understanding. Does that make sense? Or is that, is that metaphor or analogy too weird? Uh, well, it, that would be up to the listeners of whether or not that well, makes sense. You're I'm, one track, of the I'm tracking with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm tracking with you so far. I just but... started, I started thinking about like when Einstein would see those things, like there's that movie a long time ago, Beautiful Mind yeah. with Russell Crowe or whatever. And, and they tried to show What's going on? What does he see? And sometimes you'll see that in a movie that, uh, you know, they'll be communicating something or someone will see potential and they'll see what's going on there. And and that's a way of saying, like, if you think about it in the way they think about it, then you could truly understand what they're communicating. I would even I would even push that another step further, because I think it, it goes infinitely beyond thinking about it. Right. So it's not Correct. just it's not just thinking about it in the right way. It's actually experiencing it. Yes. So not only are you thinking about relativity with Einstein's brain, but I think to make the analogy fit more properly, you actually experience relativity somehow. Like somehow you actually yeah. feel the result of time being <laughs> warped in that sense. Um, I, I mean, because what the Spirit tells us, in, what or what Jesus tells us about the Spirit is. Um, is that when he comes, right, when, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And what I love about that is it's so much more than he will teach you things that are true. He is right. guiding you into this thing. You, he doesn't just teach you to understand how Jesus thinks of love. He allows you to actually experience, he guides you into that love so that you 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 tangibly experience and feel that in a way I never possibly could apart from the spirit because apart from the spirit it is just strictly an intellectual right. exercise yeah i agree and and i would and i would i would take that a step further it's so this just keeps getting deeper and deeper into this but the your emotions are attached to that so now like with Certainly. the heart of christ you love it and so again going back to the uh, illustration of Einstein is the passion that he has in thinking about it and the delight in those things you would also have. And so um, I think having the heart of Christ and now all of a sudden seeing, not only seeing these truths, understanding them with the mind of Christ, um, experiencing them, but then also loving, 
loving it and seeing yeah. why seeing why it's good news and seeing how which is so critical right now because there are so many things where you hear people saying things that are um technically true but they are missing those deeper elements and so therefore yeah. it's not actually truth so you can you can say a fact but if it's if it's not understood with the mind of Christ or loved with the heart of Christ and seen as good news, you can tell when someone's communicating it like, Oh, you, you only see that as bad news. You don't, you don't, yeah. you don't see this as good news. You don't see this as, um, actually better for this person. You're only using this as, you know, as condemnation or as a, as a negative, like you don't see the beauty of what God is actually communicating here. Mm. And, and you can't, like that's that that goes back to the to just the the core of the, of the gospel our understanding that it is foolishness to those who are perishing it's it's it doesn't make sense and so what we do i think when we don't experience that um in that way that we're talking about where the spirit doesn't lead you into truth but you're actually just memorizing facts about it then we end up just creating a version that we find acceptable yeah whatever that looks like because ultimately we just we can't see it and understand it and love it with the the mind and the heart of Christ. No, and and I because I am incapable of knowing every fact and every truth. I I am selective in which quote unquote truths I want to cling to, rather than the Spirit, who it says will guide you into all truth. Like He is going to continually correct me to to round out those half truths into whole truths and incomplete truths into uh into complete truths and 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 to continue to conform to remind me that uh, it's not just knowing it it's it's actually sharing the heart of christ in that and and looking more like him and being more united to him in that okay so that is pretty heavy stuff and and also pretty abstract stuff. So if if this is better, let me ask this question: how how can we experience the the better thing here? If Jesus says it's better, and we say I, I want to believe that, and I understand intellectually what you're saying about to to what it what it looks like, the difference between just thinking about things with my old fleshly mind that I'm not going to be able to understand that in the way that I would with a renewed mind not going to be able to experience it the way I would without abiding in the spirit. I'm not going to be able to love it unless I'm seeing it with the mind of Christ and the heart of Christ. So then how do we practically, how do I, how do I experience that better thing? Man, I, the, that is, that's another uh, lengthy, lengthy, lengthy series of podcasts to get into all of the nuance of that. I, I would, to be, for the sake of brevity and hopefully helpfulness, in this podcast, I would boil that down to two, two very practical steps. Um, number one, you have to want it. And, and I, I'm not trying to be tongue in cheek here, like. Like you have to actually really want that kind of intimacy with the Holy Spirit um, and not in a want like, ah, that'd be nice. That'd be cool. Um, you know, kind of like when we, when we, you know, we'll read about, you and I have talked about like, we'll read someone's biography, like a great, 
you know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer or Luther or Spurgeon, like some of these, you know, these great men and women of Christian history. And we read that and, and you go, man, that Amy Carmichael was extraordinary. Like her great steps of faith and her, uh, you know, her, her acts of obedience, the way that she cared for the least of these, like that is just, man, I really wish I could have that. And I close the book and I set it down on the coffee table and I turn on Netflix. Yeah. Which which reveals I don't want that, right? Like, I don't want it at all. Like there's there's a part of me that in a kind of a fantasy sort of way, like oh that'd be neat, uh, it'd be cool if I were like that. But I don't want it because the things that I actually want, I pursue, and and honestly, so so even if you say like okay, but I but I do want that, I I, I ask again, do you really, like do you understand? what it means because the reality is for a lot of us and 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 I'm saying this for for me this has been a uh, I mean this is always a struggle this is part of the battle of of sin in all of our hearts I would argue is the desire for but I'd prefer easy and comfortable and so knowledge based faith and principle based faith is is very easy to define it's very comfortable and very controllable versus complete dependence on the Holy Spirit of God requires a degree of abandon and sacrifice that I'm not sure I really want, right? Do I really, do I want to be conformed into the image of Christ fully? Because that's what the Spirit wants to do in me. And that means it's going to cost something. There are things that I love to do that I'm going to have to put away. There are ideas and attitudes that I am going to have to admit are destructive and sinful and grieve the Holy Spirit that I need to confess and repent of. There are understandings of what I believe to be true that are not, and I need to admit that I am wrong in those things and repent of those things and change it. Like It's going to cost me dearly. And so the first thing I have to ask is, do I just kind of like the idea of this or do I really want this? And if the answer is yes, we go, yes, I, I really, really want this. Well, then then we go, all right, well, let's, let's get after it. Then step two is then you have to actually seek it. We have to take specific action to pursue this thing because, and, and by this thing, I don't mean the Holy Spirit. I mean, I mean the, the thing being... Uh, the intimacy there. The inti- yeah. Right, the, the intimacy, the action that it takes in order to do that. So if I say, man, I really, I really want more time to date my wife. Well, if that's true, then that means I'm looking at my calendar and I'm going, okay, then I gotta, I can't do the, you know, basketball club anymore. And I can't do this, you know, hobby that I spend most of my weekend doing. I have to stop those things so that I can make space in order to, pursue you know dating my wife and the same is true with the holy spirit like to take action to clear our cluttered heads to clear our cluttered hearts to clear our cluttered schedules to actually make time to stop and listen to him because how can i possibly do what he says and follow his lead if i never take a single moment out of my day to stop and listen to what he is actually saying to me that's good it reminds me of, you know, we read as a staff, we read Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And yeah, great he book. uses that illustration of running a marathon and saying, 
that you'd watch people do that and saying that he wanted to do that. And then basically, I'm paraphrasing, but basically he got to a place where he said, I, I didn't found out that I didn't really want to run a marathon. I wanted to be a person who had run a marathon. Yeah. And I am so guilty of that with, you know, reading those missionary biographies of saying, real, having to confront, it's not that I want that. I want to have that already accomplished. Right. Like who wouldn't, who wouldn't say like, Oh, I would love to be, you know, if you, if you love, if you love sports, like of course you'd love to be, um, if, if, you know, if I love basketball, I'd love to be a player in the NBA, but that doesn't mean I want to do the things that it requires right. to get there. Right. That's a hard question. Like, do, do I want to be the thing or do I want to be known for the thing? Yeah. Because the, particularly in the economy of, of the kingdom of God, if my pursuit is to be known for the thing, I will never be the thing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so I would, I would agree with all that. I would say, you know, for me, one of the things that has helped me is, is to just, um, I mean, there's so many things about, you know, slowing down and, and listening and, um, confessing, like you said, to be able to confront these different, these different attitudes and hearts um, and I, I found that it's just helpful, especially, you know, this is coming back to the idea of truth and about really understanding and saying, do I really understand this with the mind of Christ? Do I, do I love this? Because these are the things that are required, or these are the things that are the fruit of the spirit. Like I should, I, I should see this as good news. And so whenever I'm wrestling with the truth and I'm, I'm saying, okay, how, how is this good news? And how is this? Yeah. How is this a, a an actual a beautiful truth, or do I just see it as like, well, this is the thing that we're supposed to do, so, um, or we're supposed to believe? And um, it's amazing to me how many Christians just kind of take that for granted and say, yep, they're just things you, things I don't like, but that's what the Bible says, so I just you know, hmm. that's just the way it is, or that's just what you're supposed to do. And and if somebody asks like, well, why we don't have an answer for it? Well, it's just that's just what it says. Yeah. But if we you know, so a good exercise for me has been to just sit there and, and try to try to listen for the spirit and listen to, okay, tell me that in praying through that of how, how is this good news? And, um, and, and inevitably that has led me to, you know, that phrase of leading you into truth. I've been able to experience that, but only by relying on the Holy spirit, I've been able to, to experience being led into truth where you realize, Oh, and all of a sudden it's like the lights come on in the room and you realize, oh, this isn't, this isn't just about behavior. Like this is about identity. And this is actually God saying something really beautiful about who I am and who my neighbor is and, and who he created us to be. Like this isn't about them like stopping doing this one thing or thinking this one thing. This is about something so much richer and deeper. Yes. And yes. So I, that, that would be one thing I would encourage. Yes, because it's not just it's not just truth in a vacuum. It is truth lovingly and biblically applied. And and that's what I cannot do apart from scripture. I can know all, or apart from the spirit's intervention and grace and empowerment. I can I can know a bunch of stuff, but but as Jesus said, he will remind me of what Jesus said and what he right. did and how he communicated it. So it's not just I know the right facts, it's the spirit empowering me and and motivating me and helping me to actually live that truth 
both demonstrate and declare that truth in in the by the means that Jesus uses to do that in the in in the way that actually glorifies him rather than me um this is huge and this is this there's a lot more to this i would encourage you, you listeners if you if you hear this and you think and you think like yes i i do want this and i want to seek this um and i need i need help i need some more practical help and what that looks like we would love absolutely love to talk to you more about this so um, yes. please reach out uh either through the 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 blog site or uh you can just email connect at uh, faithpeshtigo.com is a quick way or uh or contact us directly we we would love to 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 get even more practical and digging deep about how uh, how to seek uh and and hear the holy spirit and, and and surrender to his gracious and compassionate guidance as he continues to conform us into the image of christ thanks for listening everybody grace and peace to you.